Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your host, Adi, joined by Costa. It's just going to be the duo today. Just us covering post-game from this Adi's game. A little frustrating. How you feel, Costa? Mixed feelings following that game. Uh, we all know it was, well, sorry, we all knew that it was going to be a heavy rotation in the squad ahead of the big game on Thursday. But mixed feelings overall, and yeah, looking forward to getting into that. Absolutely. Well, we're going to dive into that in a second. First, we've got some housekeeping. As you all know, Zelia is going to be joining us for an interview on the midweek coming up. That episode's going to air this Friday. DM us any questions you have. Post under the thread that we started. We're going to retweet it probably every other day leading up to the interview. Or you can ask it, just post it and hashtag, uh, do the hashtag Gate7INTL. And of course, congrats, Coots, for guessing it correct. Your question will be the first fan question we ask. We mentioned it before, but I think we're going to have to put a, a limit on responses per day so that a couple people aren't mentioning entire rosters going through Wikipedia and just posting every name on rosters from previous seasons. Anyway, uh, we would like to thank our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greek ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out of Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, 18 by 18 by 24, and you can send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the Port of Piraeus for only $50. You heard that, only $50. Better yet, you can fill a large wardrobe box, which is about three of those large boxes, for only $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send them an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. Now that that's done, let's get into it. Let's get into the post-match. As everyone knows, two nasty injuries. Costa brought it up a little bit earlier. Nasty injury to Vrusai. We are hoping that this isn't a really bad long-term injury. Some people think it's just a sprain. Some people think it is a full-on tear to the ligament. Let's just hope for the best for the kid. Knee injuries, ligament tears especially are awful. We've seen many players just in the last couple of years that have gone through them and then had to go onto that recovery. And it, it takes a while to come back and be at what you were before it happened. Socrates, I mean... That poor guy, between getting the boot in the face and then falling into the net, he was in a sling afterwards. I mean, God knows the extent of the damage done in that sequence of events. He's probably concussed afterwards too. Who knows? Let's just hope that he gets better. And let's hope that things ahead of the PSV game settle out and everybody's available and Vrusai only is a short-term injury. The game for me was frustrating, but I think we all knew it was going to be a rotated side and difficult for us, mainly because we're looking ahead to Thursday. We weren't, this game wasn't super important for us because we were 14 points up still in the table and bigger fish are coming up this week. Gustav, what were your thoughts on the game? I mean, let's start, start with some positives. There were seven Greeks in the lineup, three from the academy. So if you, I think it was Fortunis, Vrusai, and Andrutsos. So from the get-go before the game even started, actually, looking at the lineup, that was something nice to see, that there were seven Greeks in the lineup. I don't remember the last time that happens. 
I'd say even at best last season, we had three or four at best, maybe five, but to see seven today in the lineup in a big game again, well, big game for the standard of the Greek league. This was first going up against second. Let's not forget. That was nice to see from the beginning. Um, the squad wasn't as rotated um, or rotated as heavily as I had expected. I expected to see one of Bukhalagis or Kamara get a rest. I think we talked about that on the last pod. Maybe Thiago Silva would have come in from the beginning. Um, that was not the case. Uh, all in all, I thought we were well in control of the game in the first 25-30 minutes. Uh, credit to Aris though, they didn't just come to park the bus. They they came to to play football, to, to play a game where they would uh, compete and uh, try and take their chances. So credit to them they didn't just come to to put 11 men behind the ball the injuries killed the game of course and um looking at how Vrusai went down and then going off on the stretcher I think all of our thoughts are, are with him post game and it looks bad uh, I mean like you said doing a quick uh browse on social media and, and you know, listening post-match, they think it's either, like you said, um, a strain, a partial rupture, a full-on rupture. Let's see. Uh, ligament injuries are horrible. I think you, you said everything earlier. That he's, he's still young. Um, I, we wish him the best, a speedy recovery. And as far as Socrates is concerned, wow, that was a hell of, a, a hell of an action at 1-0. It was uh, saved off the line and he got a boot to the face from his teammate. And then I think it looked like he fell into the post and then like, you know, cluttered into the side netting. So that looked pretty nasty, but apparently it's not, not that big a deal. Um, so yeah, let's hope for the best in that case as well. I mean, my, my conclusion from the game is basically if we have to drop some points uh, in the league, to progress in Europe, then I'm, I'd, I'd say I'm willing to pay that price. You know, um, Thursday, th Thursday is is like you said the game that we're looking to, and I think with the injuries uh, that that happened in the first half is what really killed the game in the second half, and the player's mind was was already on Thursday and just getting out of this game without injuries. There was a lot of fouls uh, for a friendly game. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, there was, yeah, it was a, it was a passionate game. I, I think you, we were saying before we started recording that Aris had something like thirty fouls, three yellows, and we had eighteen and five yellows or something. But you yep. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it was uh, before before the final whistle blew. I think it was a few minutes before the game ended. There were a flurry of fouls that happened at that point. Adi's had well over twenty fouls. I I could be wrong, and unfortunately, the the Y Scout statistics aren't available. It's been too soon after the game. We'll confirm when they populate. But we had under twenty. It was eighteen fouls at the time, and then they had into the twenties. And yet somehow we ended up with five yellows versus their three. And for me, the most ridiculous thing of all is that Lucas Sasha made it out of the game without a single yellow card. I am going to guarantee that when the statistics populate tomorrow, he had the most fouls of the game. And some of them were quite egregious. And yet we saw nothing, nothing, no yellows, nothing for him. 
yet some pretty soft fouls were given as yellow cards to us. To me, it was it was quite ridiculous. And I, I laughed. I chuckled when I kept seeing the hashtag Oli Oli uh, posts and tweets everywhere because, man, for a friendly, we sure we sure ate a lot of fouls, we, quite a few injuries. I mean, it was ridiculous for a friendly. I, I only figured what that what, what that was about actually the only elite hashtag right after the game but okay i just i just figured it out okay so yeah. like olibiakos is playing olibiakos yeah exactly I, ridiculous I, I don't know man i think the the culmination of of the the ridiculous refereeing was the yellow card on semedo um, yeah like with a, even with a really strict application of the letter of the law you could say like his 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 boot is high in the air but it's nowhere near the player there's no intention to you know cause any harm Mm -hmm. and he gives him a yellow and now he's out for two games so he's he's going to miss the next two games from from suspension so yeah thank you very much mr sidiropoulos yeah it's it's a terrible game but uh we won't dwell too much more on the refereeing because it, it was it was bad the not egregious in the sense that anything was given away in a sense that they it was gifted in the game. I just thought that in terms of the yellows, it was very much uneven. But moving on, in terms of the play, we saw a lot of what we expected. We knew we were going to dominate possession. We knew what the general game plan was. And for the most part, it was actually executed up until we'll say that final piece, the final, the final move in the in the in the box. It was executed to an extent pretty well. We got forward. We had plenty of opportunities, lots of corners. Unfortunately, our point man couldn't get a lot on. Uh, Hassan got his head on a few things, not a lot towards actually on goal, unfortunately. He did have the nice header after that Bukalaki's flick to play on for Masuras. Unfortunately, the defender got ahead of him on that one. But, you know, that's what we were hoping for. We were hoping for a Hassan Tappan. And then without, when you don't get a Hassan Tappan, it looks like you have 10 men on the field. That's the unfortunate part. Uh, great game, though, we have to say, especially in the first half. Bukalakis looked like an all-star midfielder out there. Uh, reading the passes on the defensive side of the ball very well. He is going to be our team leader in interceptions, maybe except for the defense. Uh, very well. Had some nice long balls, nice looks. Even Madi as well. Madi had that nice switch over to, I believe it was Fortunis, or maybe I think it was Adruzos in the in the first half. Well from him as well. Uh, unfortunately, we just couldn't get a second goal. And then the second half just kind of took it off the gas. And you could really tell the players were already looking towards Thursday. Not much else you can do about it. Uh, what were some players that stood out for you, Costa? I think definitely in the first half we were texting and I think we both said Bukalakis looks like the best player on the pitch. Yeah. To to, to me definitely in the first half his um what's impressed me a lot this season is the way he's improved in his capacity to win the ball back mm-hmm. because it has to be said all the foreign coaches that we've had over the la- over the last few years going back to to Mitchell Mitchell's assistant, I can't remember his name now. He was so bad when he was... Victor Sanchez. Victor Sanchez when he was first team coach. All Marco Silva, all the foreign coaches that we've had over the years that had Bukalagis in their squad, 
they all saw something in him. Mm-hmm. He has he's tall, he has a strong physique, he has a wonderful left foot. Has to be said, I'd like to see him shoot the ball more. I mean, he used to play as a number 10 at Ergotelis, and that's how I knew him for like his shot with the left foot. But he's just he he he's come on in, in leaps and bounds as a player. This aspect of his game, winning the ball back, uh, diving in for you know interceptions, it's something that we didn't see in previous seasons. I think uh, you know he's really developed into that central midfield, defensive midfield position role. He, if anything, you could accuse him in in the past of being a bit soft. But I think that's changed uh, considerably this season, and and it might even go back to the um, the Porto game, where there was the uh, there was the Sport Time article the next day the next day Bajalakis, so like yeah. Bajalo, like some uh, yeah Bajalo. I can't think of a direct translation into into English. If it's if something's a Bajalo, it basically means it's like it's like a shit show. Yeah. Uh, so, that's the best way I can think about it. But, I think that's uh, pretty neatly put. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I remember Martins came out after the game and he, he defended him and he said, you know, Bukhalakis is, uh, is, is one of the leaders of the team. And a lot of us listened to those comments, I think, and we were like, huh? Bukhalakis, a leader? Bukhalakis, a strong character? Okay. But I think... Um, no, really, uh, credit to him. He's been he's been fantastic this season. Uh, knock on wood, like it continues. I thought Andrutos was also really good in the first half, defensive, uh, defensively against uh, against Silva. He's one of the danger men on the Aris team. I think he did well defensively. I think, like everybody else, he suffered in the second half as well from maybe from, I won't say fatigue because he didn't play against PSV. He played ten minutes, but I think everybody was just. That their mind was elsewhere and the injuries like i said before they they got into our heads I, I would those, those two for sure my standouts i would agree with that funny thing was i thought adruzos actually did quite well defensively in the first half maybe a little bit better defensively than offensively and then in the second half yeah. he was doing way more offensively than defensively because there were a couple times he got caught out and yeah. then leading up to the penalty where mitrogu scored the penalty he got caught a little too far up and not staying with his man. And he was pinched in, and then the ball plays in um, on on that side. And then, of course, Saw has to come out and then gets the foot out, hits the hits the attacker, and then draws the draws the penalty with that. Um, but it was all on the left all, side. It, it was on was, the left side in the end because it was Oleg that um, he, he tries to touch the ball as it comes over his head. Yes, and he didn't get he didn't he didn't get a good touch and then i think it's bruno that makes the um, the, the looping cross over that's correct yeah. mm-hmm. and it yeah it was tough uh you know unfortunately a lapse and and speaking on jose sa this was probably one of the worst performances i've actually seen from jose sa from the from the episode that led up to Socrates getting injured when he went to punch the ball out, no communication with Semedo and Semedo goes up for it. And that's what kind of leads to that whole thing uh, to almost giving the ball away on the back pass to him. Yeah. And then he gets pressured. I mean, just some really bad decisions. And I saw, I saw a lot of people going after Jose Sa on social media, but then I saw a lot of people also saying, guys, Jose Sa 
is the best goalkeeper that we've seen Olympiacos play for, if not one of the best. A bad game once in a blue moon is acceptable. And I'm I'm kind of on board with that. I thought he didn't have his best game, uh, probably the worst game I've seen him play this season. And I'm not super worried about it. I'm not super worried in general about this game. But unfortunately, some suspect goalkeeping from Jose Sa, who I think also was checked out and thinking about the game coming up this week. But I think it has to be said, in some way, it is concerning. We're now reeling from the loss from Panathinaikos. Of course, we beat PSV, but now the draw. So two, what most people will view as negative results in the league in a row might be troubling to some fans. I just want to stick with the narrative on um, on Jose Sa for a moment because I agree with you. I've said it before. I think he's one of the best keepers we've had in a, in a while. Um, now, somebody on social media tried to make a comparison between him and, and Roberto to basically say that his, um, his career path at the club is kind of following Roberto's in a sense. Now he's starting to get a little bit... Um, uh, how to say he's not not as stable or not as steady as as he was, and I think that's a little true. too settled, maybe. Yeah, but the, the thing is, right, with Saar, if he makes a mistake, it's not like he's got another world class, you know, top keeper breathing down his neck. He's like, yeah, okay, I made a mistake. I'm still going to be playing every game, and for sure with him, we will know he's got that 13 million euro minimum fee release clause, which he's probably, you know, all, I mean, he we all knew that he would probably have left last summer if it wasn't for the injury that he had to his hands. So, you know, to him, it's like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm the number one. It's not like Zolakis or Christensen is going to take my place, but, uh, but yeah, it has been a bit worrisome uh, looking at his, his last few performances. Uh, it just looks a little bit out of sorts and that's not, that's not great going into the Europa game on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, let's just hope that this is just one of those things where he was looking to Thursday and maybe that's part of the reason. he His nerves, he's focusing, thinking about the game, and that could be why he kind of left this one behind a little bit. Um, the The thing that concerns me now is the, the, center back, the center back position. We only had two center backs this game because of what, what went on with Ba and then now Socrates. Uh, I know you said the injury is probably nothing serious, but I'm starting to get concerned with Avram still injured and now Socrates having this. What are we going to do if a more serious injury or Socrates, something happens to Socrates that just further, uh, I don't want to say amplifies or makes this, it gets worse or some, something else happens. We only have three center backs that we're rotating between right now. What do you, what are we going to do if something else happens to another one? Holebas becomes a, a center back and he's not only a rotational piece at center back. Do we, is there anybody in the academy we could throw in for cup games or something? What are we going to do at the center back position? Let's take the cup games first because, yeah, this is also a topic a lot of people were discussing post game, uh, this issue of, of the center back. And if we take this, Game by game, let's look at Thursday. On Thursday, I think that even with um, Socrates, Ba, 
and Samada all available for Thursday, I still think that the pairing would have been Samada and Ba. Yes. Um, so then going into the league game after Thursday without Samado, who has two game suspension now, we've have would have Ba. And then basically your options would be Cholebas and possibly Bukalakis or Envia to yeah. play at centre backs. Um, then that takes away some of your strength in the midfield if you have yeah. to drop someone back. Um so it's it's not it's not great, but look, touch wood, I hope we don't turn into Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man. laughs> With their centre back situation. But um, no, I don't think it's quite as dire. But for the cup games, you raise a good point. I really couldn't care less about the cup. And I'm sorry if I'm offending some people. I know we're always in it to go and win all three. I mean, win both domestic Greek competitions. But looking at how how EPO, the Greek Football Federation, treat the competition and with everything that happened last year, I could care a beep for the cup uh i think the cup i think the cup should be opportunity for our younger players to to play and what is it it's a 2-1 lead we have over aris if i'm not mistaken so that's correct uh, do we have a player in the youth team christophe this guy christophe has been on the bench but I, i i really not sure not sure right yeah i mean that's if we have to pick, you know, if things start getting thin, because now we're going to have a slight issue at the wing position as well to, to finish out the season. For me, honestly, if it comes down to straining ourselves for three competition, I'd rather just play young guys and give the starters a rest during the cup because, you know, what, we won the double last year. That's what we were pushing for. This year, I want the focus to be on pushing Europe. We're even after the even after the draw today, we're 12 points up still in the table. So have a, a nice cushion, a nice four game cushion. I'd rather us, you know, focus on finishing the league out and pushing Europe. As far as I'm concerned, the cup isn't a big thing. You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, win the double again, win the double again. Look, we did it. We're the best team in Greece, but we have bigger fish to fry. We do. Europe. And it's not just for us, it's also for the coefficient. Not that the club really cares about the coefficient, but it the coefficient's going to be important for the for the Greek league. So moving on to the to that wing position, we just lost, in my opinion. I think it's your opinion as well, Costa. We've both said it. Our most direct and arguably talented winger on the team, Marios Vrusai, player that can take players on, get space, go to the end line. He can do it all. He's what Lazar wishes he could be. So we're losing him. So now our available wingers for this Thursday are going to be obviously Bruma, who will probably be the starter. Valbuena, depending on what happens, or Fortunis for that matter. Lazar, Masuras. Masuras, who has had some decent form. And even today, even today, I I will say that he didn't have a bad game. I thought he did some good things. Yeah. Um, uh, and he actually had a couple of a couple of instances where I thought, oh, he's going one on one with the defender, and he actually cut in and made a nice <laughs> play. And I was like, oh my god, what what is this? Masuras taking players on. Um, but without without Vrusai, who's such a dynamic and such an exciting winger on this team, where there's some there's going to be some concerns now. 
because now besides Bruma, who else do we have that can really be a dynamic winger, a direct winger for that, for that matter, take a player on, go to goal. And then also had with speed to go to the end line and make crosses. Well, let's, let me take that one at a time. Anybody that knows me, anybody that follows me on social media knows that I'm a big Mario Brusai fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it might, you might be stretching it to say that he's our, he's our most direct best winger. I don't know. Um, definitely one, definitely an exciting player. Definitely a player that likes to run at people. Something that we, we don't have a lot of those players on the wing. Uh, right. Unfortunately, uh, Lazar Rajelovic is having is having an off season, and uh, I know a lot of people are being super harsh on him right now, um, asking why we didn't loan him out over the uh, over the the January transfer window. Uh, why shouldn't we just send him to Voivodina on a permanent loan deal? <laughs> Get rid of him, <laughs> etc., etc. Where's Labro? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shout out Labro. Um, I think we should also not be forgetting that Lazar's been playing two seasons nonstop without any holiday. The season we signed him, he was playing in the Olympics with the Serbia team, and he literally joined up uh, that season, uh, joined our preseason uh, tour, and and got stuck in immediately. And he had that, you know, that the breakout in his career essentially scored those goals against the. Uh, Against Krasnodar, he won the penalty against uh, Basaksha here sure. in, our, in our campaign last year to get into the Champions League. And he's been playing football without any, any break for two years. The COVID uh, break. Yeah, everybody, everybody is, uh, how to say, allowed to have a dip in form. His has been an extended dip in form. He's been, he's been <laughs> Almost quite poor. He's been yep. caught, he's been poor since the Ike game, since the Cup final. I, I just I keep hoping that he's gonna snap out of it. I don't know if he's got too comfortable, uh, if he's if he peaked. I have no idea. But I remember when I first saw him, thinking like, you know, this guy's got potential. He's I think yep. he's still only 23, 24. He's still very young. Yeah, it's like I I don't know. Normally I would say like stick him on, but he's just had such a poor season. And then Bruma. Bruma's doubtful for the Thursday game. I'm hearing he's not even. Yep. I think he he didn't pass a fitness test uh, for today's game, and he was out of the squad. So, who do you play on Thursday? It's basically, would you would you start for Tunis and 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 Valbuena on the wings? I wouldn't enjoy it, but I mean, you, what else? What else are you going to do? Now, I will say this though. To be fair, Lazar when he came on did some did some good things. Uh, he tr- he did that move that we usually hate, where he kicks the ball ahead of the defender and tries to beat his speed. He it worked, and then he had a couple he had a couple of nice dribbles. Actually, instead of trying to just dribble, 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 he actually had a couple where he just went to the end line and made a cross. Uh, did that a couple of times. So I I don't actually think this game was horrid. Uh, True. I think it was I think it was okay, and uh, it, there were some good signs for me there with him. But the the curious thing for me is going to be what we what we do coming up. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the, the Bruma doubtfulness because I forgot to mention that earlier. So, no Vrusai. 
let's assume Bruma's gone or let's assume Bruma's not available because to be honest with you, I'd rather not lose him long-term overplay him and then lose him long-term to, to an injury. We have to still have to finish the season out. We're left with Masuras who is in form. I'll, I'll continue to stress that Mas- Masuras Lazaradevich, you know, and then Valbuena who statistically speaking is our best winger. I should preface that as well. Statistically speaking, when he plays the wing position, he has given us the most production. It crossed the board, crosses, assists, shot assists, key passes. Babuena just, even with his injury, leads us across the board in those metrics. But is Valbuena always a guy that's going to run and take defenders on? No, that's not, that's not really the type of players that he is. Can he? Yeah. Maybe in holdup when he gets closed down, he can do what he did against PSV, hook around and kind of go towards the goal. That was fun to watch. But he's, he's a little too old to be constantly in stride and going at defenders like that, especially with space. Um, he's a master with the ball at his feet. How does Roy Hudson say, or Ray Hudson, uh, magisterial at, with a set piece, you know? So he ha- he's very adept and he's very good with very specific things. And he occupies that niche on our team. So that means we're going to be left with Fortunis, to maybe to to do that if he's not going to play the 10 of course Masuras who despite being in form isn't a guy that we know can take players on a lot he'll do his duties he'll track back we'll even go to the end line and make a cross here and there nothing too flashy so what's what's going to be what is going to be the plan going forward assuming no Vrusai no Bruma we're losing a lot of firepower up front exactly know? maybe we go four four two to sup to, to to go away from that or I, to help that out i don't know man i i have a feeling that it's going to be the same kind of game plan yeah. going into the game on thursday as it was last week I, I i truly believe that apart from the center backs now now we have Semedo coming back that will be one change. And then otherwise, if Bremer's fit, Bremer's play. If Bremer's fit, he'll play. And I think Valbuena will be the other winger and we'll start exactly how we did the other week. Uh, now, we can't really say that, you know, Bremer has been a superb attacking option, you know, goal scoring threat, etc. But what we do know is that on Thursday, we're going to get spaces just like we did last week and probably yeah. even more because PSV has to come at us. They have to attack. They're vulnerable in transition on the counter. So we need players that can run into spaces and players that can run at defenders. Valbuena can do that for 10 minutes, probably. We That's not, that's not what we should be asking of him. We shouldn't be asking him to run at defenders and run in transition. You want him to get on the ball and unleash the attack, look for the runner, uh, whether it's Rebchuk on the left-hand side making the overlapping runs or Lala on the other side. Um, and if you think who the other winger is, if it's Masuras, yeah, you can see Masuras getting on, getting onto a cross on the far post, but you can't see him running at a defender. We're running into space. Even when the space is wide open, he won't do what Radejevic does, which is to try and knock the ball past the opponent and run and beat him for pace. He won't do that. 
Right. So pff, it's a hard one for, for my teens. But, but going back to the original question, do you play Fortunis and Valbuena on the wings? For me, it's a no. For me, it's still going to be Fortunis um, substitution around the 65th minute as an impact player. I think that's, I think he's been given that role now in European games as an impact player. Well, let me ask. So we brought this up last week during the Bonifacios game when Fortunis was pulled early, and it turned out not to be the case. We thought maybe he was pulled early because we were saving him for PSV. Do you think Martins is pulling him out to save him for this PSV game? And with the, I guess we'll say with the injury substitution of Valbuena and him playing so many minutes today, does Fortunis start the PSV game? I I'm not sure. And I would hope I hope kind of hope that's the case. I'd rather see Fortuny start against PSV and us not run Valbuena into the ground again. But given that Martins tends to trust sometimes more experienced players in a in a tough situation, do you think we'll see Fortuny start because he was rested today or is Valbuena starting despite playing as much as he did today? I think Valbuena might probably still start, to be honest with you. I agree with you. And and also, again, everybody knows my feelings for Costa. He doesn't look sharp to me. I mean, he, he scored an emphatic goal today. He just booted the yeah. ball into the roof of the net, no problem. But he doesn't look sharp to me. He doesn't look uh, 100% match fit. He's lacking rhythm. And... That's what pissed me off both today and, and last week is that he needs more playing time. And I think these kinds of games, you have to leave him on. It's like, why did he take him off in the 55th minute today right. to, to bring Thiago Silva on? I don't understand. Uh, I think that was that, that proved at the end of the day, at the end, at the end of this game, that that was a, that was a, poor, uh, a poor substitution. It was. Does that mean he'll start on Thursday? I, I I I agree with you. I think um, I think he'll go with experience, and I think you do need Valbuena in this type of game. He proved that last week. Uh, I know I was um, I was pushing for for Fortunis to start in that game last week, but but we all know we all know Valbuena is going to perform, uh, whether it's from. Uh, you know, a contribution from a free kick or he, he, he'd always bring something to his credit. That's a really tough one. There's something else we need to consider going into this game is that it's the first time that Martins is going into a, a knockout game in Europe ahead in the first leg. In the first season, it was Dynamo Kiev 2-2 yep. from the first game. And then last season, we were trailing Arsenal. So this is the first time he's going into a game with a lead of two goals. And you talked about the United game on the last pod. <laughs> when, when, I saw, when I saw Jose Sarr go down in today's game, immediately I started thinking about Bobby Allen and Wolves. Yep. And I thought, oh no, this is happening all over again. Yeah. Um, it's not an easy one to call for this uh, for this Thursday. Who who's going to start on the wings? Yeah, it it really isn't, and it's kind of scary to think about because, above all else, and we said this at halftime when we tweeted at halftime today, 
above all else, we didn't care so much of what the result was. We just cared that we got out of this with no injuries. But hey, <laughs> today, the day had different plans for us. You know, a scare with Jose Sa, pretty nasty looking injury with Socrates, of course, Vrusai. So now we have to make some of those dreaded adjustments. And it's, it is definitely going to be pretty scary going into this Thursday game. Now, what are the positives? We have a two-goal advantage. That is a positive. Even though it's not a safe, it's not a safe lead, it is a positive. So for me, if we're talking about theoretical lineups here, coming out the back, we've already brought it up. Besides Semedo, it's not going to be anything different. It's going to be Lala on the right who looks way better for me still defensively than Andruzos, even though I think Andruzos looked better today. Lala looks a little bit more positionally savvy. He's more physical. And I like him a little bit better in the air, to be fair, than Andruzos. So we'll probably see that back four. Oleg, Semedo, Ba, and Lala. Question is going forward. I think now with an injury to the wing and an injury to our attacking power, I am probably almost going to guarantee that we're going to roll 4-3-3 again. Uh, in Vila, we'll probably play, we'll probably start with Bukalakis and Mahdi because when we lose power on the wing, we are going to have to trust our strength, the backbone, which will be the midfield. And then our wingers, I can see game script. I brought this up last week before the first leg as well. I can see game script for both Masuras and Lazar, especially considering PSV is going to have to come out flying. And Lazar has always excelled on the counter when the defense gets sucked in look at today look at today some of those plays that he had they were sucked far forward he got a chance to get the ball and go by the defenders when they were pushed further up and he made some space and made some dangerous opportunities from us that game script is going to be there for psv so for me that could see lazar maybe even if it's not a start at the very least an impact substitution 55th 60th minute and then masuras if we're in part trying to come to a balanced approach. And we want somebody that's going to track back and not shirk his defensive duties. Masuras is a safe play there. He'll, he'll go back. He's not going to offer you the most dynamic offense or the most dynamic offensive play, I should say. But he's going to, he's going to track back. He's going to offer that support. And then he'll give you something, hopefully, in the final product. And then the question is for, the, for your striker. What do you do then? And for me, it's going to be El Arabi. I think El Arabi has to start. (laughs) After what we saw from Hassan today, it's got to be El Arabi. So it's probably going to be another 4-3-3. Mahdi will be the one of the three, I think, that'll push further forward, just like last week. 10-esque, but more box-to-box. And that's what I think we'll see. Maybe not quite as offensive as we would like, but still something that's usable and practical for Europa League. There is one thing I, I'm tinkering with, and that's whether there is a chance of a four-two-three-one being put out in the next game. Uh, Buchalagis had a ninety-minute game today, and I think he played ninety minutes. He, he did play yeah, ninety minutes against PSV as well, didn't he? He's basically been yes, playing ninety did. minutes back to back. Yep. Um, and we have seen Martins play Mvia and and Maddie together in a 4-2-3-1 with Fortunis ahead of them. I wonder to what extent he might 
want to go into the game more attacking and try and take the game early, try and get a few goals and put it to bed. Uh, I wonder to what extent that might be, you know, that is one strategic option that he could take. He could go out guns blazing, say I'm coming out here to get a goal, goal or two in the first half and then put the game to bed, go more defensive. Or he could start with the 4-3-3, in inverted commas, more conservative with a holding player in front of the defence, Villa, Camara and Bukhalagis. And then I'm going to bring on attacking players to kill the game at the end. So what do you choose in terms of strategy? That's the dilemma that Mitchell had going into the Manchester United game where we were 2-0 up and we lost 3-0. And I think yeah, it was a disagreement between uh, Sanchez and Mitchell as to what formation and what strategy they would they would employ. Yeah. And they went more defensive into that game. And we will remember the result. I'm not saying, okay, the, the tactics in the end were to blame for that result. David De Gea had a, the game of his life and Roberto had a crap game. But anyway, no, that's... Um, that's important that he gets it right. Of course, we need luck on our side. You always need luck in football. That's um, yeah. I'm bringing up far too many parallels with that Man United game for my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think based on what we've seen from Martins, um, he is going to stick with. He usually sticks more conservative, if Agreed. you know all things considered. He that's just how he is. So that's why I think we're going to see the, that 4-3-3, which funny enough, we always say like, oh, 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, but his 4-3-3s pan out. The positional mapping always shows it. It plays out like a 4-2-3-1 anyway, because Madi stays further forward, usually when, when we have the ball at our feet, and, but he comes back to join the midfield on the defense. He has, that, he has the conditioning, he has the stamina to be able to do that. But it's still when we have the ball at our feet plays out like a 4-2-3-1 with him pushed further up. But in the end, I think that's what we're going to go with. He's going he's gonna to trust the midfield to do, to do the job, run Bukalakis out there and Vila. And then, and then really the question is, are we going to see Valbuena Fortunis or Bruma Valbuena or Bruma Fortunis? Assuming Bruma plays, by the way, assuming Bruma plays. Or if not, if Bruma doesn't play, is it going to be Valbuena Fortunis on the wings? And then we basically have no width on the field because we know they both love to come into the middle. Or do we see Masuras Valbuena or Masuras Fortunis? It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I'm interested. I, I can't wait to see what he puts out there. I'm excited for this game on Thursday. It's going to be a thriller one way or another. It's, I don't think it's going to be any that much different than the first leg, especially since PSV are going to have to come at us. They have to come at us. And that's going to be make things ripe for the counter. I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous, but um, I'm excited. Who knows? It could be Lazar Adeyevich's redemption day. Hey, I, I would love to see that. I'm sure Labro think- would as well. <laughs> I could I could see it now. Lambro getting upset with him one play, loving him the next play. If he has a good game, all of a sudden Lambro's singing his praises. Yeah. You know, what what would the only thing that would top that would be if Radeovic gets a goal and Hassan gets one as well. Oh my god, that would be <laughs> Well, those two link up for it, you know. 
That would be hilarious. And I would like to bring up before we start closing up, Bruno, aside from the that little flick that led to the penalty that was pretty solid by him, the poor guy was pretty tragic on the ball. Like every touch when he came on was bad. And then when he had that shot right in front of goal, um, I actually wasn't super nervous because when I saw it was him trying to w- or wind up for that shot, I, was, I knew he was going to miss it. I wasn't worried about it. And, of course, he just bangs it right into Adruzzos. So, I mean, I know if Lambro were here, Lambro would be all over him, calling him a coat. And, thankfully, the coat had some of the dangerous opportunities for Adis. But just a little shout-out. I got to do it while since Lambro's not here. I never understood why we signed players like that. No offense to him, like I mean, good for him. He he put Olympiagos on his CV, like he stayed with the club for two years, and yeah. it wasn't bad at, during the season last year. And then he got injured, I think against Atromitos. He had a horrible knee injury. Yeah, but but it's just like, why do we sign these kinds of players? Supposed to have a really good academy that we brag about, but we go and sign some, you know, average. 26 27 year old brazilian from the austrian league that played for Atrom. it's just like i never understand these signings i never understand them yeah anyway Some of them questionable <laughs> it is what it is well let's wrap up let's do our man of the match coaching grade go ahead costa man of the match coaching grade what do you got well you know i don't like to do man of the match when we haven't won but <laughs> of course. If, I, if i have to Bukalakis for me was uh, was my man of the match. Um, shout out to Socrates as well for getting a boot in the face yeah. and saving us from a goal. That was, I mean, that's it's also one of the things I love about him. Like the guy is just he, he'll put his body into anything, like to to defend yeah. for the team, and he's um, he's a warrior, and you know that. That action during the game it personified kind of what he's about as well. He'll he'll be there to take one for the team, but yeah, Bukalagis gets my vote for man of the match. Coach's grade um, because of the result, it's going to be a C today or a B minus because we didn't win, and I just didn't understand the fifty fifth minute Fortuny substitution. Uh, and also I would have liked to see Kuipers come on. I thought Hassan was lackluster today. Uh, yeah. Really bad. And I don't, I think, uh, I think Kuipers deserves, deserves a chance. I, I agree with you there. Uh, Bukhalakis is also going to get the man of the match for me. I mean, he did all of that thankless work again today. Pretty good with the ball at his feet as well. Considering that this was one of those games where, our possession, we weren't the most crisp when it came to our link up and possession play towards the end of the game. I think, you know, they had showed our possession statistic was like in the low eighties, like 80, 82%, which is pretty low for our standards in Greece. We're usually a little bit more clinical. Uh, and Bukalakis was pretty good. He hardly gave the ball away, came back, read some of those passing lanes, came back on counters to stop balls coming into the box. Great from him. I will give a shout out for a runner up though to Adruzos. Um, decently well defensively in the beginning. He did get caught out a couple of times, but 
going forward, again, he was quite good. And he even had that sequence where he dribbled through a couple of players down the right side, uh, dribbled past a couple of, of, uh, play, of midfielder defender, I believe it was. And very good. Uh, I like to see that from him. I thought he did, he did quite well. So I'll give a shout out to Adrotos. And then I will give a minor shout out for the fact that we started seven Greeks. I, you do like to see that. Um, so that's good. Foot, more Greek football teams need to be playing more Greek players. It's the Greek Super League. It's a Greek league. We would expect that we see Greek players playing. So going on from that, Martins is coaching great for me. Two of the subs obviously weren't tactical. They were injury-based, and we didn't have a lot of options for center back. So he had to do what he had to do with the Socrates injury. Can't blame him too much for that. As far as the 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 Val, the Valbuena injury sub, you know, I'm not going to complain about that either. And as far as the Fortunis sub, I agree with you as well. I I didn't like it, you know, even though Fortunis was pretty quiet for that the ten minutes in the second half. I thought um, he I thought he had to stay on there, you know, let let him get the run in. He was even when he was off the they were giving him respect and he was taking defenders away to give space to other people because they were the, the other team was afraid of him. Aris was afraid of him. They were doubling on him, doubling down on him, drawing more players to him, which was giving space to other people. So I, that I wasn't about that change. I wasn't a fan of it. And then, you know, later on the, I think we just kind of mailed it in more or less looking towards Thursday. So uh, I'm going to give Martins a C for this. Uh, only because the substitutions he made didn't have really that much impact that we could saw. Lazar, okay, at the end, a player to here, um, but nothing, unfortunately, too emphatic. So, C for me. We both agree, apparently. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so looking forward, um, thank you, everyone, for listening, especially if you've made it this far bit of a somber day but in the end you know this result was more or less inconsequential the bigger fish are thursday we're definitely going to be waiting for it we're going to be at the edge of our seats we're going to be excited much anticipation for that game and then don't forget regardless of what happens thursday we have the z the zelia interview coming out on friday so definitely something else to be excited about really pumped to talk to him some some people are getting excited that the the lead at the top of the table is being cut to 12 points and thinking that we're going to lose a grip on this next week next week there is the Pauk trip to Asteras so they're going to inform Asteras and Panathinaikos are playing Aik so there's some interesting clashes near the top end of the table and we are traveling to Volos on Monday, the 1st of March. Now, that's going to be an interesting game uh, against the Hileas Beos team. We all know how much how much love there is between the two teams and the links between Volos and Falk. Anyway, uh, no, I just wanted to put that on everybody's radar. Looking forward to Thursday's game. Until, until after that, touch wood, there's the Zaylias interview as well. That's going to be a good one. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, everybody. One way or another, Friday, you'll have something to look forward to.
regardless what happens.